Are you ready for this? Your boys are back. Showdog, Gola, and KG talking all things fantasy. It's Bad Dad Baseball. Welcome to Bad Dad Baseball. Follow us at Bad Dad Baseball on Twitter. What a week we have this this week. Uh, we have March Madness and a ton of transactions going on in the MLB. Last last week we started, uh, MLB had a deal, um, but no moves were made, and now it's just they're just happening like crazy. Um, I think you we're love to see start it, dude. Out. You love to see it. It's a great feel, and I think we're gonna start out talking about March Madness. Um, it's probably the best, you know, four days of sports we can get. Um, game after game. Um, how do you guys feel about your brackets going into tonight? I am completely prepared for mine to be blown up here by, uh, yeah. I don't know if yeah. it's Thursday or Friday night, but one of these days it's going to be blown up, but that's that's the greatness of it. I, I pretty much just go chalk all the time because I just don't have the balls to pick mm. anything crazy. So I have like two ones and two twos in the final four. Well, then and, I got uh, big fucking balls, baby. I well, got so big speak. balls. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't even put a single number one seed in my final four. I, I had to I had to ask someone because I was too damn lazy to Google it. But uh, I think it's only happened like two or three times in history that that's ever happened. But hey. Oh, I'm trust me. Happen. I mean, I I went chalk in my bracket, but I want nothing more than fucking chaos through the whole thing. Yeah. If there that's... was like an eight, nine, ten and eleven in the final four, I would love it. That's why yeah, I, love wouldn't, I don't have, I mean, I don't have a horse in the race. Florida's not in it. So everything I want is just give me the upsets. Um, I don't care if I lose my bracket. It, I mean, if, if I win it, it's, there's, I mean, it's very slim chances. So I don't care about my bracket from game one all the way to the last game. I do not care. I just want upsets or maybe I find a guy that I love. Um, I don't know if I have that yet. The guy from the guy from Baylor with the mullet, I, I just something about him I absolutely love. Uh, so maybe yeah, I, that might be my guy. And Baylor, actually, I say that, but Baylor, I actually got second last year in our in our tournament. So um, I do have a soft spot for them. You finished second last year? I did. Nice. Yep. Nice man. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I mean, like our the bracket we do, it's not for like high stakes or anything like that. So it's no. not gonna make us rich. So it's like, if Duke, if for me every year, if Duke is a legit contender, which I don't know, I I don't even know. I think they are this year, but maybe that's just my fandom. I always pick Duke, and so I want to see Duke do well. But if Duke gets fucking blasted first round like they normally do, all right, let's not make this I, about Duke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that and then I want complete chaos yeah. and I love upsets I, and I, I love the 15s beating the twos and I love the last 16 beating the one was that last year or two years ago but I, yeah I was gonna say you you say, let's not make this about Duke you don't think that uh, uh, warning incoming Gola rant earmuffs earmuffs the national meter of oh, suck oh dick enough all fucking year good They're god in his hotel room brutal. This, you know what's pathetic, and, and I'm sorry, like I didn't say it, but like didn't he come out like like last week and was like, oh, I want to play in the Midwest region so I can play in my hometown of Chicago. Go fuck yourself, you fucking loser. I hate that motherfucker so much. The thing that pisses me off about him. No, I'm gonna go on a tangent here. Go 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 he's go on, go. He's on such a fucking his high horse. How he like he like 
belittles guys or like criticizes guys because the way they acted during games. If they're not even his own fucking team, leave me. Shut the fuck up. We just beat you. <laughs> Stop trying to tell me how to fucking do shit. Did you, you asshole? I hate this fucking guy so much. I am so goddamn happy he's leaving fucking college basketball, and I hope he never fucking comes back. I am officially putting in my two-week notice for a resignation, dude. I am done with this fucking podcast. <laughs> you don't wow. talk about Coach K like that, man. He's a Did fucking you guys asshole. Listen to any of JJ Reddick's podcasts. Um, I I've only listened to a couple, but he had uh, um, he had Jason Tatum on, and they were telling stories about them, uh, about things that he would do. And my favorite was um. He had they had such a bad practice when they got out of practice. He made them take all their practice clothes off and all their shoes out of the locker room. And he went to Walmart and bought all starter brand royal blue shit. <laughs> I, mean, I can get on board with that. That's pretty fucking funny. I don't know that, that. To me, that was fucking hilarious. I I was listening to you talking about Reddick and he was on uh, Pardon My Take here. I think last week or the week before, and he was telling a story about how like I can't remember if it was after JJ's sophomore year or whatever. I think he was like a first team All American. He had a great year. But Duke didn't do very well. And I think, like, after his, like, his exit meeting, Coach K was, like, basically made a comment. He's like, so you're pretty fat, huh? You're really enjoying that college life and, like, stuff like that. Like, give it, getting on his ass about it. But, so didn't like he, say, like, didn't he, he say that he wasn't worthy of being a champion or something like that? Yeah, something like that. He's, he's just a fucking asshole. Hey, sometimes that's a motivator. That's a motivator, he man. He does pretty well. He did pretty you'd, well. You'd probably go crumble and cry in a corner for goal if someone said that to you. So I yeah, I mean, you got to be mentally oh, tough to play for him. Oh, my fucking Christ. <laughs> Jesus, fuck you guys. My So one of my uh, favorite things about March Madness is my father seems to think he watches every game. He I just loves it. <laughs> Can't get into it enough. Hey, Ann, you watching this game? Like, I don't. Bryant's on. Like, I don't give a fuck about Bryant. He's asking me if I'm watching him. He's never finished in the top 90% of any brackets in the past six years. <laughs> like, what the fuck is he watching? Shout out to Big Andy. What's up? Shout out I, Big Andy. Hey, I hope that he listens, but what uh, are you watching? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I'm going to talk about Duke, and I, I only watch Duke, so I don't know anything about the other 60 60- fucking three teams, whatever it makes a tournament. I don't know anything about anything. So um, who do you guys have in your final four though? Uh, so you want to do final four and championship game and go right through the whole thing or. Yeah, man, let's do final four and championship. What you got? All right, so I got uh, Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, and Auburn. And I have Kentucky and Arizona and the championship with Arizona winning it all. And I hate I hate picking. Oh, that's so cute, dude! My three-year-old picked Arizona to win too. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. I hate picking a team out of the fucking Pac-12 because it's literally the like the bastard stepchild of the fucking Power Five conferences. They usually the worst conference in fucking football. They're the worst conference in basketball. Uh, I'm just thinking Arizona's starting to cheat again, and that's the only reason they're fucking good because. Is it the last Pac-12 champion, Arizona, in '97? Exactly. They haven't been relevant wow. in fucking 25 years. But yeah. somehow they, this year, they, they are loaded, though. That, basketball. that oh, team Arizona's is filthy. loaded. They and are. they rolled through the fucking Pac-12 tournament with, like, arguably one of their best players or most important players out. So, yeah, um, yeah I get Arizona winning it. I hate it because I fucking hate everything about the Pac-12. Shout out Jeff Pelletier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What you got, show, Doug? Yeah, so I think that we've seen – I'm going to go and do a little bit of a rant. A big transition. Listen to me, people. Texas used to be big time football. 
No longer. It's all about the basketball. I got Gonzaga, Baylor, Houston, Kansas, Houston winning it all. Oh, I thought you were saying that Texas was Texas. like a, no, a, not a Final Four team. State. Ah, the state. Used okay. To be like, hey, where'd you get this kid? Right. You know, he must be a five star. Yeah, he's from Texas. No, nah, Texas football down the drains. Texas basketball on the ups. All right, all right. And you got Houston winning it all. I got Houston winning it all. I've seen him play Houston twice. I couldn't ball? name one player. I like the way. I think they're athletic. Uh, and that's that's you know, I'm going with Houston. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to rain on your parade, but aren't they one of the worst foul shooting teams in the country? They are one of the bottom five. But you know what? They're yeah, foul shots are important. Three hundred and nineteen threes. They they're not important in the NCAA tournament. Not not at all. So oh, gross. They haven't had uh, a single close game all year because they play in the friggin' AAC, dude. Listen, I don't see you guys having villain over the number one free throw shooting team in the final four. So. Ugh. Give me Houston. Well, there's a big difference it. between like picking a team that's like middle of the road and a team who's like dead fucking last in all the college Listen, basketball. Listen, Houston must have a token white guy at the end of the game they can put in that can hit some free throws. Houston, dude, they're just they're, they're just right around. They're just behind New Hampshire, so that's good. And, and just ahead of Radford. What the fuck are we talking about? Houston market Holy champion. And, I'd love to see it, dude. It would yeah, be chaos. I would love to yeah. see it. Uh, my Kevin final four, I've got uh, – man, who is that team? Is that Duke? Yeah, I got Duke in the final four <laughs> playing against <laughs> Purdue. And then I get the other side, I got Tennessee versus Auburn. Finals, Duke versus Tennessee. And would you believe it that I picked Duke on wow. Coach K's final season to win it all? Yeah, Wouldn't that, that would just be, fucking... be a fucking wonderful story? To read about for I, months and months and months. I guarantee uh, that suicide watch. Suicide watch. I guarantee two or three of those fucking games will be a, like Duke won't have a foul in the second half. The other team will have like fourteen each half in the second half when they're losing. Just like in the Wisconsin fucking final, like what was it two thousand and like seventeen or fifteen? Them fucking scum. I'll tell you what. There's, there's every once in a while there's things that get under my skin, but I think the thing that gets under my skin the most is when you fucking assholes in our chats and our text message and chats put the gif of Coach K falling to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> because that one oh, gets under my skin every time. <laughs> I hate it's it. Fucking fantastic too. So if you ever want to piss guy. me off, just send me that gif and that'll do it. Just send it to Bad Dad Baseball Twitter. <laughs> And just tag Kevin in it and be like, he fucking, this guy's a loser. Who's the best player in the tournament? Oh, Jesus Christ. Dude. Oh, man. I wasn't, I, we did not prepare for this, so. Uh, I don't want to say, so you know what, I'm, I hate saying this, but uh, Brancero from Duke is really fucking good. Yeah, Ben Caro's pretty nasty. Ben Caro, is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, I, what's the guy's name on Auburn there? He's like, I, uh, guy's yeah, seen high of Jabari Smith, Smith. Uh, yeah. Jabari. I haven't even seen him play, to be honest. I just seen him. He's high up in oh, a lot like of. He's six eleven, dude. He can do it all. He can shoot threes. He can defend. And he like he's kind. Of, he really reminds me of Kevin Garnett, the way he like plays with attitude. So I, I do oh, love him. Again, Chet, I, I was hoping you guys would say Chet Holcomb. I don't like him because um, uh, I was gonna go on a little. Oh, it's uh, the big man that gets like fifteen yeah. boards a game. He's like not good with names, so he made it with a Naismith. I can't, I'm not, yeah. Oscar to, I don't even say his last name. T S H I E B W E. I don't even say that. Yeah. He's an animal. Uh, I, I actually like 
uh, Drew Timmy or Timmy or yeah, uh, Gonzaga more than Helmgren. I, I mean, I don't think he's going to be a better pro prospect than him, but uh, I like him better as a college player than Holmgren. I was thinking today because I was like looking him over and Chet Holmgren. That's got to be in the top 10 for worst names we've mentioned on here. Chet Holmgren. Yeah. That's that's like 1970s uh, offensive guard uh, for the for the uh, Browns. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a visualization right now. I can see that. The guy has yeah. like a beard. He hasn't showered in two weeks. Chet Holmgren, <laughs> add him to the list of bad names we've said on this podcast. But well, oddly enough, him in, if you switch him and Timmy's look, like Timmy looks like the guy who hasn't yeah. fucking showered in two weeks. Well, Chet Holmgren, by the way, does not have the greatest posture. So Before we move on, can we talk about uh, how bullshit it is that like these 16 seeds who stupid friggin get a they win their conference and then they have to do playing games then you get shit ass teams like michigan what yeah. what was michigan's record this year 17 and 14 and they just go straight to the tournament how is a team 17 As an 11. doing that any team that wins their conference should not be doing a play in like they I should be know. allowed in the tournament get these other teams you know that are just barely making it last cuts you know Kind of like jumping piggybacking on this. What's fucking bullshit is if you look at the tournament, you scroll down through the bracket, there isn't a single school other than Indiana, unless I'm missing somebody else, that's a power five school that's less than a fucking 11 seed. Like Michigan has no business being an 11 seed. No. None. Like really? I don't give a shit that they play in the Big Ten. Like no. I, they just. I don't know. It's like Murray. I guess Murray State's a seven, so that's not a good example. But yeah, there's there's no need of like just because they play in a, a power five, them being higher than like some of these mid majors. Because, but it's like they're. I don't know. I I agree with you. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, I I feel like we've. I feel like this year more than ever we've heard a lot of like uh, criticism about that and. I feel like with social media nowadays, I feel like that goes a long ways with a lot of things, except for the NCAA, because they just don't give a fuck about anything except for themselves. And oh, I just and they they obviously care more about Michigan being in the tournament than they care about uh, Bradley being in the tournament or whatever this these teams are. So yeah. I don't know. Hopefully it changes in the future, but I don't have much faith in the faith in the NCAA. Great March Madness say- talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say. Hold on, I think uh, Kevin and I were talking a little bit this earlier. How much, uh, how much production our company is gonna lose in the next two days? It's the two worst days of productions, yep. of the year. I, I, I took I Friday off. Good for so, you. I was just saying. Yeah. I was saying to Kevin, like, said one of these days, I want to get like a group of us guys and just like rent a house for a weekend and just like leave the kids with the wives and then just fucking take the day goes off along with that stuff. bad dad shit. Right there, baby. Hey baby. And, and not only that, it's St. Patty's day. I know Thursday. that's, that's so a you double sport. up with like one of the better holidays uh, of drinking. And then the best sporting event of drinking um, probably after the Super Bowl, it's, it's not much work getting done. No, um, Jesus. No, it might, my, my, my rolling it on any day is, well past me, but especially in the middle of the fucking week. Ugh. All right. Great March Madness talk. And now we're back to the MLB. Tons of moves of the last 36 hours. No, three days, whatever that is for hours. Uh, 72. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Olson. Uh, here's a, just, we're just going to list a few of them and I'm going to list them and maybe uh, let's, let's have you guys give us our biggest, like the thing you're most excited about for fantasy. Um, Matt Olson goes from the A's to the Braves. 
Uh, Kyle Schwarber goes to Philly. Chris Bryant goes to the Rockies. Uh, Cubs land Suzuki. Uh, Matt Chapman goes from the A's to the Blue Jays. Uh, the Braves re-sign Eddie Rosario. Uh, Mariners get Jesse Winker and Suarez. Uh, Anthony Rizzo back to the Yankees. Zach Granke returns back to the Royals where he started. Uh, Amir Garrett probably going to the Royals to be the closer. Um, Nelson Cruz goes to the Nationals. Josh Donaldson to the Yankees. Um, Gary Sanchez was returned to the or goes to the Twins in that. Um, Sonny Gray to Cincinnati. And then last one is the Mets get Chris Bassett um, from the A's. Sonny, Sonny Gray. Yeah. What'd I say? Yeah. No, but, uh, oh, yeah. Sonny Gray. Sorry. Sonny Gray twins. went from the yeah, twins. Yeah. to the twins. Yeah. To the twins. The one I think the most, I don't know. I'm torn between what I think the most relevant fantasy one is. I'd say the most relevant fantasy one also maybe the most fucking confusing. And that's Chris Bryant to Colorado. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. just don't, I think, you know, obviously it's great for Bryant owners. I think his stats are going to look even better. Uh, not that they were great this past year, but you would imagine you're going to see an uptick in homers, his slugging, and OBP will probably go up a little bit because it's such a big ballpark and such a hitter's ballpark. But from like a pure baseball standpoint, it makes no sense. You trade Arenado last year and then send St. Louis $51 million in the deal and then turn around and give Bryant, who... I don't know. You probably it's a toss up. It's all, all your opinion, but I think Aaron Al is probably a better player than yeah. Brian. He's definitely mm-hmm. better defensively. Yeah, no, he's a better overall. You player. you sign a guy who's a lesser player for seven years, 187 million, and when you factor in the 51 you sent to St. Louis, you didn't really save anything. Maybe 20, 30 million, but what the fuck? I, it it makes no sense from a baseball standpoint. But fantasy wise, I think Brian. You know, Brian's definitely on the uptick. I think. Yeah, I think if if Story was still in Colorado too, I don't even know if there's been talks of Colorado bringing him back. I think they are probably good to move ahead with uh, what's his name, Brendan Rodgers at shortstop. So I don't see them bringing him back. But if they still had him, I think Bryant's value would be massive mm-hmm. for RBIs there. Uh, do you? So we had him ranked as eighth best first baseman in our composite. Do you think he could move up at all because he's gone to Colorado? Like, could he jump Who? Torkelson? Could he jump Muncie? Yeah. Could he jump? Probably not Riley, Alonzo, those guys. But I, well, and I see. Yeah, it's weird. I think he could jump. Part of me thinks he could jump Muncie. Yeah. Because I think Torkelson. For this, I mean, obviously for this year, Bryant might be pushing, top, you know, knocking on the door of the top five. I think long term, I think I still like Torkelson just because his power mm. is crazy. But you know, he Bryant's playing in one of the best hitters ballparks in, in baseball, so yeah. you would think his numbers should 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 get better. No doubt. Uh, I love. Uh, I honestly don't even know if it's a good hitters park. But I just love that the Phillies got Schwarber. I think that's awesome. I think that gives Harper some protection in that lineup. I, I don't even know really who else in that lineup. I think Hoskins has been kind of a disappointment since he's been there. Yeah. He started off like on fire when he first kept called up uh, like three or four years ago, and he just hasn't hasn't really done, I think, what people expected from him. But I think that's an awesome signing for the Phillies is getting Schwarber. I agree. I think uh, Schwarber, I mean, obviously we were Sox fans, so – Knowing that when he came to Boston last year, how much he helped up the line on, or lineup around him, it seemed like he made a lot of players better. I mean, I talk about Bobby Dahlbeck. He became a whole new player 
when Schwarber started talking to him about how he sees at bats and stuff like that. So I think Schwarber goes there as a leadoff batter, and that's going to just drive. I mean, that Harper's going to drive him in a ton. He's going to get on base a ton, and not only that, he's going to start games by getting walks. And, and if you start games with walks, and then pitchers start thinking and they start thinking about what they're throwing, and he could be huge for that Philly lineup for sure. I love what the Mariners did too, getting Winker, and I think yep. Suarez is just kind of almost—he's not a—he's a—he's a MLB starter, but he's not like yep. he can hit you 30 homers in a year, but he's going to bat like 200. So for major league wise, he's taking. And you know you what want. you're getting, right? Like you yeah. know you're—you know you're what you're getting. You're getting a 30 home run guy who's not a yep. great batting average, not. But like that's fine. And that's you know exactly he's kind of—he's kind of similar too, because I mean, he's probably going to play third for Seattle. And he's kind of similar to Cor- uh, Kyle Seeger. Kyle Seeger never really hit. Yeah. I for a high average. He had mm-hmm. a D- okay OBP, but he, you know, he got hit 30 homers, seems like fairly consistently. So, yeah, it, it seems like he's just going to slide into that role. Um, and Wicker's an on base machine. I, I think it, it's crazy to me. I mean, the Cincinnati Reds is just, it's fucking pathetic. You, they're just selling off like some of their better players just to, so they don't have to fucking spend money. It's, mm-hmm. Some of these owners in Major League Baseball, I, I, it's, it's absolutely fucking trash. And I, you know, Winker's a guy that you would think they'd want to build around. He's still fairly young. Twenty-seven, I think. Yeah. So and so instead, they just decide they're gonna fucking trade him, and just attach a shitty contract with Suarez on it and just to get out from under it. I just, it's, it's so I thought, stupid. I thought Cincinnati had a decent roster to compete to start the year um, with Winker, Suarez, uh, India, Votto. Votto. Yeah. And then, and then they had th- with Sonny Gray, um, Male, Castillo. Uh, Castillo. Yeah. They had a decent team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, they just blew it up. And then, and then Amir Garrett has like all the potential to be like a superstar closer and he just hasn't figured it out. Um, and they got rid of him too. It's, they just unloaded everything when they had a chance to compete. Yeah. I want to say something about Winker. I think, I think for people who aren't the biggest baseball fans, he's probably one of the mm-hmm. better players in the league that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. Cause I mean, playing yeah. on Cincinnati and now playing on the Mariners, no one's ever going to hear him on the Mariners, but he has a career OPS of 888 and that's really damn good, man. And just, he doesn't get as much recognition as this guy should. His bat-to-ball contact has always been elite. Yeah, yeah, it has. So my my biggest one is is easily for me is Matt Olson, and I don't just say that because I own him. I just think going from freaking Oakland to to the Braves, that lineup is insane, filthy. I think I think you could see some drop in his batting average, maybe even a little bit in his on base. But the runs and the RBIs are gonna be well into the hundreds, in my opinion, if he stays. And he and he is. A pretty, re- I mean, he's a reliable first baseman. He's a great defensive first baseman. I've seen, I've read some articles where he's better than Freeman. So, the Brave, I know that Braves fans are like, what the hell are they, are we doing? But a good GM doesn't overpay for a championship. Like, I got a good feeling the Red Sox are gonna overpay for a guy who won a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, no, no, great. no, no, they're not. The fuck, Freeman's I, great, I'm gonna... but I think that I think that Olsen is probably the better long-term option at, at that age and for that deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, for sure. I just, I'm not confident. I'm, I'm, I fucking kind of had it with the Sox ownership. I don't know. I'm going to wait and see how this off season plays out, but there's a high likelihood. I think they just like, they're going to be the Tampa Bay Rays in the North. 
they're going to fucking I'm, – I'm telling you right now, I, I said this in a group chat we have with everybody in our baseball league. If the Sox are struggling this year, by the All-Star break or even in the offseason, I'm telling you right now, Raphael Devers' name is going to come up in fucking trade talk. Because it's going to cost him $250, $300 million to re-sign him. And it's a player they should give that money to. But they're not going to because I think they're going to run themselves like the fucking Tampa Bay Rays. And whenever they have any talent, they're going to trade it right before they get good for more prospects and just do it that way. And I'm going to fucking have a mental goddamn breakdown <laughs> if they fucking trade Devers. Suicide I'm, watch again. It's I, I, so I, I will say this. I do think that they're going to make a run at Freddie Freeman. And I think that people are worried about Xander Bogarts. But I think they position themselves well to move on from Xander Bogarts because they do have him. Um, do they have him at the end of this year? He has a he has a player no, he's option. Opting out. I think so he opt he'll out opt out. Year. But you do have. I mean, your top players, uh, Marcelo Mayer. So I mean, he that's that's well, he's a guy. Three years, he's he's probably three years minimum. Yeah, player. he's probably two. I I I'm honestly I think that he is like so advanced for where he is. I don't think that he has quite the ceiling, but right. he is basically a Xander Bogart like Xander's. Xander is so consistent, but he's never going to be quite like uh, when Lindor was in his prime and, and those guys. But I do think that they're in the right position. So I know I, I've already heard the Boston media like ragging on that they're going to try to get Freeman and it's pretty much walking Xander out the door. But they have a plan. Like there's a plan in place. You go get Freddie Freeman in this lineup. You're going to compete this year, although you have no freaking pitching. But there is a plan at shortstop. You have Marcelo Mayer, who's supposed to be one of the best shortstops coming up. So, but and, you know and, the thing is, you know, you know what gets me though. You say them signing Freeman and walk Xander out the door. They're the Boston fucking Red Sox. Yeah, it no, 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 they walk shouldn't. The shouldn't walk him out the door. Mm-hmm. I, I, no, I. That's the shit that's gonna fucking fuck piss me Marcelo off. Marcelo Mayer can go they're, play second. Learn how to play second. And then figure something out with Nick York. Yeah. I don't know. No, yeah. Just fucking do something. But that, and that's the thing that gets me. I'm sorry, but like any team, and, and gee, I mean, you're Yankees fans. You're a Yankee fan. They're kind of going a little bit of the way of two of like not wanting to spend money. Like yep. the old man Hal would just be like, yep. "Oh, the 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 Dodgers are spending 350 million. I'm going to spend 400 because I fucking can." And right. New York Yankees. And I feel like the 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 kid now is like he's a little more wary about it. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I mean, New York I, can, Yankees. And they could do that, and they can still make a profit off it. That's the thing, you know. They can yeah. still run this as a oh, business and still make a profit. So I yeah, saw it's, that it's, it's weird. The, uh, someone tweeted out that. The Yankees felt like Freddie Freeman wasn't interested in them, and the and the top comment was, "Yeah, a whole lot of fucking money makes them feel interested in you." So, mm-hmm. it, yeah. money does that. No, yeah. and and there's it's gonna be interesting because there's still like, you know, I say four big names, um, one not as big name, but still fairly young with a lot of potential. But when I mean, you still have Castellanos, Correa, um, Freeman, Conforto, story, story. And story. And I, I I didn't realize this, and like we were talking about this, the three of us earlier in our in our, in our text uh, chat about how we really haven't heard shit about story. And I was thinking the same thing mm-hmm. with Castellanos, haven't heard shit about him. Well, and I guess I didn't realize all five of them guys have a they were um, I think all Qual- five of them had a co- quality Qual- uh, qualifying quality, Jesus qualifying. Christ qualifying offer, not quality offer, mm-hmm. qualifying offer attached to them, so they would have draft pick comp. Um, teams will lose a draft pick. Thankfully, that's fucking going away. I think after this year, but or I, I don't know. But so I don't know. There could be some stuff here. Those guys are so good. There, somebody's gonna pay them. So mm-hmm. there's still some moves to be done. And I guess you know, hopefully, then you start to hear rumors about the fucking Blue Jays after everything they did. <laughs> Matt Chapman doing all this shit, and they're still probably trying maybe making a run at fucking J Ram. 
that's incredible. That lineup, yeah. you just put all your money on the Blue Jays. Like, yeah, that, how do you beat them? It's crazy because then I then you see I saw something. It was like, well, the uh, the Guardians aren't inclined to trade them right now. Really? You have nobody else on your roster that's worth a shit. Mm-hmm. I would you can get a haul for him because he's still in a, got one more year of control. And I saw that top five player in baseball. They were like, oh, I don't think the Blue Jays are willing to give up another two top prospects after they just traded. It's like um, Marino, they're they're is their catcher, but he's blocked by Kirk. Like, and we've already discussed how catchers haven't really come up and been like productive in the MLB. What a great opportunity to be like, hey, we have a catcher, and a team might bite on it. You know what I mean? Uh, I would Jordan be like, Groshen, I drool Martinez. If in, it, we're not talking about them trading for, uh, I don't know. I, Biggi, I'm just Biggio, right? I'd be going Biggio, Marino. Biggio uh, sucks. Yeah, no, no, I'd be sending them all in a package. See you later. Give me them. It's J-Ram. You pretty yeah. much He's give a top up. Five one, I mean, outside of them being like, we want fucking Vlad or Bichette, I'd be like, what do you want? Anything in the minors, and like you can have Biggio too because he's trash. <laughs> but like, it, it's just crazy to me. And if yeah. that, I mean, the AL East, um, by all accounts, if the Yankees and fucking Sox get the finger out of their ass and actually do something, maybe, I mean, that's going to be the best. That might be the, it's probably the best division of baseball. It's got to be. I think that, the, I think the I Guardians mean, are actually smart. I think they're like, uh, no, we're gonna wait and see until you like, you know, mid year when he's he's gonna be an absolute premium for somebody to get, make this push. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know, the it, Sox it, might it, be able to be like, hey, we're in first place now. If we give up uh, Casas, uh, that to me, that's probably better than Marino or any package you're gonna get from from Toronto. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially if he's willing to play second base, or. You, yeah, you you put him at second and leave Devers at third, even though know Devers isn't the greatest third baseman at fielding, but that's a long shot. Who knows? I'm just hypotheticals. They could. He's such such a team like friendly contract too. He's only getting paid oh, twelve yeah. mil this year, oh. and then next year is fourteen mil, and then he comes to free agent in 2024. So it's like he's so goddamn good, so good, and that contract's so small for baseball money. So they could get a haul for him. All right. Guys, ready to do top 10 second base? Let's do it. Let's rock. All right, let's jump into it then. So, uh, same thing as always, we all submitted our top 10 second basemen and we compiled them together to get these average rankings. At number 10, we have a 25 year old. I don't know if this has changed now since everything has happened, you know? We did these rankings, uh, I don't know, like last week maybe, and um, so things maybe have changed, but mm-hmm. one person didn't even rank this guy, but. Uh, Jonathan India on the Reds. Let's go with Fagola here. Why didn't you rank him, man? I don't. I, I think part of it's because of Cincinnati, and I just—it's a good hitter's ballpark. But I just don't. As you can see, they've traded pretty much everybody else in that lineup. They have—they don't have a ton of uh, offensive or fielding prospects coming up that I really feel like are going to be like a huge difference in that organization to help them in that lineup. Um, India, you know, he played well last year. I just don't know if, like I said, I just don't know if the lineup's going to be around him. And I don't necessarily think he's got a ton of power. I think he's more of a hit tool over the, over power. So, um, that's kind of why I left him off. I mean, you know, he had 21 homers last year, which isn't horrible, but 
you know, he's only his game power future projections of 45. So we're not talking a, a ton. Uh, hit tools to 60. So he's going to, you know, he's going to hit for high average, probably moving down the line. But I just, I just don't think the power is there to really, um, move, you know, put him in the top 10 for me. He was, I mean, he was lucky on advanced stats, right? So we expect reduction coming up. And then also on top of that, he lost a lot of good players around him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's still 25 years old and, um, I, st- I still think that he's going to be, he's going to be able to play a little more free now. You know I mean? They're, they're probably not going to be good. And you see like a guy like, uh, wit, uh, Mary Moore who like just Jesus, dude, <laughs> Jesus that fucking name always gets to me. <laughs> Mary field. I always does it. The second I said it, I was like, Oh, you fucker. I didn't know if you were doing a bit. I didn't oh, know I if it was just something you were fucking around with. I'll jump in here. Let me. No, no, no. I good. You good? You gonna edit that out? No, that's funny, dude. You should edit <laughs> just us saying this. But that you doing that's uh, funny. You can edit it. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. We'll keep it in. All right, Whit Merrifield. You're gonna see him act like a little bit like him. You got the. You got. You know. You get on base. You get to be a little bit more free. You get to try to steal a little bit more bases. You get to swing a little bit more freely because you're not so worried about your wins. You're worried about your at bats and stuff like that. So I do think that he's gonna be able to play with a little bit less stress and just do his own thing. Um, with this team probably not being very good. So I, I think that, yeah, we're going to see some numbers go down, but you're probably going to see the home runs go up where he swings harder. You're probably going to see the uh, runs dip a little bit, the RBIs dip a little bit, stolen bases go up. So, Yeah, I mean, he's got a great walk rate, 11% walk rate. So I think his on-base percentage is pretty huge. The same thing we've always talked about, batting average to on-base league. I think he's huge in an on-base league. Uh, I wrote some things about him, but it was before the Reds sold everyone off. But I think this dude could contend to get 100 runs per season and, be, and hit in the mid-20s for homers. And I will always take a guy who has like high on-base numbers at a younger career and work to get more power as you you know, get older. And so uh, I would sign me up for India because I could see him getting higher 20 yeah. homers as pa- his career Power usually peaks around age 27. You're right. Yeah. So he's only 25. He's probably built into that a little bit. So yeah. So I mean, first first career major league season, he had OPS over eight. I mean, I would love him more if the Reds still had some hitters around him, but they still got Votto. They got him. All right, moving on. Number nine, we got a uh, 24 year old from the Marlins, Jazz Chisholm. Uh, to me, this is a complete potential with this dude. He didn't yeah, really, yeah, didn't really impress too much last year. But the grades he has are good. I think this dude could be like a 25-25 guy in the next few years. Uh, I think you're going to face some growing pains with this man. Uh, but I think once he figures it out, he should be a pretty decent. Is he second baseman or is he shortstop? What is he? Does he kind of do both? Both. Which yeah, is it's just nice to have. Both. But I think he played like a decent amount of games at both too. So it's not like I'll he's like a, look. a fringe, like going to lose eligibility. So that that. That adds value too, I think, where you can plug this guy in a short or second base, depending on you know how your roster's set up. So he played uh, yeah, ninety-two th- at second and and thirty-seven at short. All right, yeah, so decent amount at short. So Chisholm is the ultimate like boomer bust like type of guy in uh, in this rankings. Like I really think he could be if he hits to his if he hits to his potential he could be one or two on this list in a year or two, you know, in a couple of years because he's got the power, the speed, but you also have 
if he doesn't, you have a ton in a ton of swing and miss. He's very frustrating. I mean, last year he had 28.6 K rate uh, and only walked 6.7% of the time. It's just not, um, not great. I mean, he still hit 18 homers. He sold 23 bags, you know, and I, I think Miami's lineup's going to be going to be better, a little bit better this year. So I think there's some potential for more, so maybe some more RBIs and runs, but the big thing is going to come down to him is his bat the ball skills. If he, if he can't make contact, um, it's just not, it's not going to be, it's not going to be good for him. He's not going to be overly valuable. Um, but if he hits to his potential, he can be, he's going to be a top player, top player in fantasy. He is to me, a poor man's Aussie Albie. So, uh, they're very similar. Actually, if you look at their age and like their first year, they're actually really similar. They have really low on base. Um, uh, Albie's a little bit better at batting average, but, uh, home runs, he got better each year. Um, stolen bases, they're pretty similar there. So like, I, I think that's where his ceiling is, right? He could be there. Um, but there's definitely potential to fall back. I think I think in a good lineup, he's probably a little bit higher. Um, in, a, in I think his stolen bases will be better probably next year, but I don't know how much support he has around him. There's been talks yeah, of the Marlins going out and signing Castellanos, which I thought was uh, kind of surprising me. I know he started his career there. But I think if if he goes there, I think that gives pretty good value to Chisholm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know the thing too when you're talking about Albies, in the I think the big difference there is like we're talking about having, um, you know, Chisholm potentially being Albies, and it's weird enough because Albies is only 25, and Chisholm's only a year younger than him. So it's, I know I it's know. like it's one of those things where you're like you think when you're comparing a guy to somebody else, it's like oh the guy that's, you know, one of the guys is like you know five six seven years older than him. It's like no, they're just they're a year apart. Albies so. has been playing for for five years already. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's been. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, eighth on the list, we got. We're starting to get into some guys who's a little bit older in age here. Uh, we got thirty-one year old to the newly signed to the Rangers, Marcus Semien. What you got, show dog? Uh, you know, I think that oh, he has. I mean, he was he was a top, probably a top five, five fantasy yeah. player of mm-hmm. all of fantasy last year. Mm-hmm. So. I, I feel like we're underselling this guy. I really do. I, I average average draft position is 34. Uh, it could probably be higher for one year because uh, because we don't know what's going to happen in Texas, right? Because he kind of come out of nowhere. Um, the home runs that can't be right. I'm 45. 45. Yeah, no, I typed mm-hmm. it wrong. 45 home runs, 102 RBIs, 115 runs. That's not going to happen again. It's just not. Mm-hmm. None of those are going to happen again. So he is going to regress on those. But I, I, I don't, th- I don't think it's going to be by much. Um, the OPS is just under 900. Um, on base at 335. You would hope that'd be a little bit better. Um, 15 stolen bases. This guy does everything for you. He is an awesome player to have on your fantasy team. Um, he literally won leagues last year. I know he pretty much was one of the main reasons why the guy in our league won. Uh, if I have him, I'm like, this guy's amazing. What the fuck are you idiots talking about? He's actually great. Um, and then when you don't have him, you're like, what the hell, how did I lose? Cause of Marcus Simeon, is he really that good? And, uh, you know, I think all three of us are sitting there like, is he really that good? And we just don't know. no, I'm going to say no. So here's my thing with Simeon. I, I'm not saying that he's not, but you, you look back on his career and he had a great year in 2019 with Oakland, 33 homers, 92 RBIs, 
10 stolen bases, 370 OBP. Then obviously last year was just, he went absolutely nuts. But if you also, if you look at his baseball savant page, he had 45 homers last year. Now, obviously it's, you know, he hit some on the whole uh, at home and on the road and we're, you know, things change, but he's, he went to Texas. He had 45 homers last year. If he played every single one of his games last year in Texas, he only would hit 32, 32 is in, cause I think all, but I'm looking at his baseball savant page, all but two of his homers went to left field. So he's a dead pull power hitter. And left field in Texas has got the big high wall. It's not overly friendly. I don't think he's going to have the lineup protection that he's going to, he had in Toronto. I mean, the Toronto's lineup, as we know, is one of the best in baseball. Um, I don't think that Simeon's going to be a bad fantasy player. I just don't think he's a top five fantasy player. I don't think he'll ever sniff repeating what he did last year for home runs. Um, so I, that's why I had him further down the list. If he was, you know, honestly, if Simeon was five years younger, four years younger, I probably would have had him higher just based off of, you know, he's got a little longer time to hit those numbers. Again, I just don't think he's going to going into his, you know, he's age 31 season mm-hmm. and he'll be 32 at the end of it. So I, I like Simeon. I just don't think that what he did last year is sustainable moving forward. Uh, if I had to pick one guy in the major leagues to regress, it's this guy. This guy's the top of the list for me. This, I think leaving Toronto is huge. But the biggest thing to this guy is uh, is ISO. So, like, ISO is basically, if people don't know, it's like a way to measure guys' like power abilities by taking in extra base hits. So, like, it doesn't count singles. It only counts doubles, triples, and homers. And anything over 250 is really considered to be great. There was only 20 guys in the majors last year who had an over, over 250 ISO. There was three guys who have it over 300, and those guys are just freaks, Harper, Tatis, and Otani. But last year, Semyon's ISO was 273, so that's in the great range. His career ISO was 188. I just don't see – I don't see why a guy this late in his career is all of a sudden is, is that big of a spike. I think it has a lot to do with the lineup he's around, and I just don't think Texas is going to give him that protection. I Yeah, I, and, and I agree – I do think we'll see some regress, no doubt. But I do. We have seen guys in the past that when they get to age 30, 31, they just put it on. Um, so I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I mean, we'll we'll talk about our next guy coming up. But you know, looking at, I'm like looking at it right now. I think I have it wrong. I think I have who's higher wrong. Um, if you want to get into the next yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go on. Uh, yeah, I was, I was just gonna say talking about like, and and I think. Based off projection, projections, people feel the same way as we do. I mean, Fantrax has Simeon projected for 30 homers, 85 RBIs, and 12 stolen bases. 327 I hate, I hate their fucking projections. I, I, I know, but all I'm saying is I, I bet, I mean, you go to any other projections, they're not projecting Simeon to hit 40 homers again. Right. Driving Everyone knows whatever. he's going to regress, I feel like. But I, and then, again, I do he's think still that he's good. still I, I think that I think I'm not going to go far as say as a stud. I think he's going to be a very good player. I stud is not. Top, I, I think I, I, think I don't get almost I, in my opinion. I think you could lock him in a top 50 player. Top 50. Yep. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, probably. But I don't consider the stud. I mean, studs to me are guys top. 20, yeah, no, top I, yeah. Stud's probably not the right word, but I think but, I mean, last year he was top five, top 10. Yeah, but you also think... can't, you can also can't go by fan tracks fucking ratings because stud, they have like fucking, I don't know. 
Yeah, Eduardo Rodriguez, who has like 20 quality starts, is like with a four and a half ERA, is like top 10 player. So it doesn't make any sense. I mean, he literally was though, like on any any format. Any oh, league, last year he was a, he was a top year, 10 player yeah. easily. Last year he five, was a machine. I think he's going to be a top 50 player. I stud's probably not the right word, but a really reliable. Um, I and I like him more than the next guy. All right, yeah. So next guy we got another 31 year old, uh, Jose Altuve. I. I'll, I'll go. I say I honestly thought this dude would have fallen off by now. I really do. I thought like once he lost his stolen bases, mm-hmm. only had five this year. I thought this dude would just be like a a guy you just pick up for runs or, or batting average. But like the dude hit 31 homers last year. It's like mm-hmm. he he completely changed his career. And maybe that's what you're talking about. These guys who just it's like he he realizes now he can't steal bases. So he had to do something. So now he just make, hits homers all the time. It shows, I mean, his average draft position is 30 spots lower than Marcus Simeon. So same age um, and and pretty similar, I mean, similar on base. Obviously, Simeon slugged way more. Um, runs was actually Altuve, 117. I don't see it going down. I mean, I think they'll re-sign no. Correa. I, I, I don't see that going down at all. Um, RBI is right around 80. That's that's consistent. And five Five stolen bases is nothing. He's not going to help you like he used to. But uh, the fact that he's that small and he can still hit home runs, uh, it just seems like he makes big hit after big hit. Um, I had him last year, and and it just I I didn't expect much, and he carried me some weeks. So uh-huh. I, I I just think Simeon's a little bit probably should be higher. But I think either one, you flip a coin. But with the 30, 30 spot difference in average draft position, I I think. Altuve. <clears throat> like I said, I think both will actually be top 50 players. Um, and I think I would rather wait, you know, a couple rounds to get Altuve. Although I think Semyon will be better, if that makes sense. I think that I think Altuve has a longer track record, so it's a safer pick. It's taking definitely Altuve. safer. Yeah. But I, yeah, Semyon probably has a bigger, a higher ceiling. Hey, you know, the thing, about, the thing about Altuve, um, you know, like I mentioned that about Semyon as far as his whole – Pulling the ball and in Texas is going to go down. Altuve still playing in Houston. They still have that freaking short portion left. He's still going to hit a ton of home runs, I think. He's still going to score a bunch of runs. And Altuve is still always his bat to ball skills are incredible. Mm-hmm. His whiff rate's in the 92nd percentile. He's in the 94th percentile for K's K rate. The guy just doesn't swing and miss. He's always putting the ball in the play. He's been in the league 11 seasons. His career batting average is 308. So he's an, he's elite when it comes to that stuff. And I just think that um, he is going to be in a better lineup than Simeon moving forward. And that's kind of why I have him a couple of spots ahead of him. In my yeah, own I think, personal I think they, they think that Correa could sign elsewhere and it wouldn't really hurt uh, Altuve's value that much because he's still going to have Bregman. He's still going to have Jordan. He's still going to have Tucker batting after mm-hmm. him. I think, I feel like Correa always hit the five hole with that team. So, yeah. I mean, Correa would, would certainly help, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's that it's going to really take down. his. What a lineup, by yeah. It's, it's solid. It's all right. Moving on. I don't know how much time I want to spend on this guy. Cause we talked about him the other day. Cause this dude plays, I think all nine positions in the yep. field, but we got 31 <laughs> year old Max Muncy for the Dodgers. Listen, high on base, hits a lot of home runs, drives a ton of runs, going to score runs. He plays for the Dodgers. He's really good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. yep. All right. And, and by, wait one second. He was playing first base in a scrimmage the other day. 
So they said 85% when, when he comes back. He's already playing a scrimmage. Makes me feel a little bit better about him starting an opening day and being there for the whole season. And with a DH, that helps too. Yep. Yep. All right, moving on then. Let's get to number five. We got 28-year-old on the D-backs, Cattell Marte. I will start on this dude because I've owned this guy for the last few years. I mean, just only think about this guy's health. That's it. Yeah. He can't stay on the field, but when he plays on the field, he's a freaking monster. Like, he had over 900 OPS last year, but he only played 90 games. In 2019, he had 32 homers. So it's like, which guy am I going to get? If I get, if I can get health out of this dude, I think this dude should be higher in the list. But I think he's probably ranked right because he's just proven he can't stay healthy. I think one big thing, though, that the D-backs have done is that he's not playing center field this year and he's moving to second base full time. And I think that should help out and like take off the wear and tear of you know just playing outfield every day. Yeah, I, I like Marte a lot. He, you know, one thing if you look at, you know, on Fangrass, you look at everything is his K rate. Um, his highest K rate in, since he's been in the majors, he had a cup of coffee in 2015. But his his highest K rate in the majors has been 18%, which is very good. You'll live with that all the time. He doesn't walk a ton. Um, you know, last year was only 8.3%. So, but I think he's, I think he's got an elite or above average hit tool, um, you know, above average power. And I just think that he's going to be a guy that, like you said, Kev, if he's healthy, you can probably pencil him in for 25 and 20, 25 and 25, maybe um, if he actually decides to run. Cause I think he can, he has the capabilities of running more mm-hmm. and he's shown that it's just whether or not he's going to. Um, but even if he doesn't run that much, he, I mean, you're still have, talking about a guy who's going to hit, Mid to high threes with an OBP, you know, 25, 30 homers. Um, you know, and if you can steal your 10, maybe 15 bases, you're going to take that. And at, at the second base position, it's, it's pretty good. Not, not a guy that a lot of people know um, that are average baseball fans, but he, uh, I just piggyback on everything they said. He's a really good player. If you have a chance in your draft to get him, um, I think that you take him. I think you might take him over um, some of the guys that, not, not, not the top two, but I, you know, I feel I feel like very comfortable if I get him on my team. I'm happy. Um, he just got to stay healthy. He's he yeah. really is awesome. And I was gonna say too, real quick, and, and from a, just like a pure baseball standpoint, not necessarily fantasy wise. Um, there was I think there was some rumors rumors last year uh, at the All Star break, and then I I don't know if I heard him so much right now in the off season, but as a Sox fan, there were some rumors about the Sox potentially remember that trying to make a deal for him and to play second base. I would fucking love that. Yeah, he yep. would be so you put him in that the, lineup. And lineup, then, you know, when it, depending on how long. Oh, yeah, I, I'd be, I'd love for them to. I mean, they have to pony up some prospects for him, but um, I'd be on board with Sox uh, making a trade for Cattell. Mm-hmm. Uh, fourth place, we got 27-year-old from uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, Brandon Lau, I think his name is pronounced right. Lau, not low. Lau. Lau. I'm not the one to be giving anyone advice on how to pronounce a fucking name. <laughs> uh, we're going to say uh, Lau for today. Uh, the guy, serious power. Uh, led, I mean, uh, I mean, second in, second of all the second baseman in, in home runs. Um, serious power. He's in the Rays system, which we know puts him in a good position. Um, a little bit up and down throughout years, but... Uh, 
I, I love him. Uh, 340 on base, uh, 523 slugging. So just under, I mean, 8, 860 OPS. I wish that could be a little bit higher. I mean, if he gets a little bit better on base, I mean, uh, yeah, on base, I you know, obviously the OPS goes up and he could be right around 900. The 250 batting average is a little bit scary. Um, they, they, he's, he's average draft positions one higher than Altuve. I think he's a better player than Altuve with a much higher ceiling. Um, and you never know. I think, I think the Rays are actual players in the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes, sweepstakes. So there's a chance that, that he becomes a much better player with him protecting him behind him. So he, uh, Brandon Lau, tons of power, can steal you a few bases. Uh, I, I mean, I like him, especially yeah. second base. You get that in your second baseman. I like that a lot. And, and I, I don't know. It may not be in every other league, but he's multi-positional for us in, in fan tracks. So um, there's obviously some value there. It, you know, the big concern with, with Lowe is that he's got a lot of swing and miss. Lowe. He swings. Uh, Lowe, sorry. His yeah, whiff rates in the bottom, his, his whiff rates in the bottom 7% of baseball, K rates in the bottom 15. Yeah, he just swings and misses a lot. But, um, he's got a po- ton of power. He's going to steal a handful, you know, decent enough bases to contribute. So, um, yeah, you know, and if, you know, if he can cut down on the K rate and cut down on the swing and miss a little bit, his, his value will even go even higher. But, um, that's really the only concern I have with him. I'll say this a hundred times. I mean, if you're in a non-base league, this guy's awesome. Now, if you're in a batting average league, it's like, eh, maybe you stay away from this dude. Uh, I think he is the best power hitting second baseman in baseball. I think Semyon Zier last year was an anomaly. I don't think he'll continue to do that. And I think that you could peg Brandon Lau to be the mm-hmm. most homer. Uh, Max Muncy is probably base. the closest one, real in real like reality. And well, and you know, and I don't think he'll. He's not. I don't know if he'll ever sniff fifty. I mean, forty. But there, there was a, quite a bit of time when Betts Mookie looked like a pretty good power hitter. But um, yeah. he's kind of. But we'll get to him next, I think. I mean, if I'm putting my money on a guy to hit the most home runs in second base, it's it's Oh, loud. it's low. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, let's get into our top three. Uh, I don't know if this guy's going to continue to have this eligibility, but he does now. And so we're ranking him there. So we have 29-year-old from the Dodgers, Mookie Betts. Yeah, Mookie's a bit of a... I, I don't know what to think of Mookie. And as a Red Sox fan, I was, I was, I used to be a little pissed off that they traded him. And then I looked at the contract the Dodgers gave him and I kind of look at his production and I, I just don't know if he will ever live up to that contract again. I mean, you look at his, you know, 2017 or 2016, his war was 8.3 2018. It was 10.4. And then, you know, 2020, the COVID-shortened year, he went down with the Dodgers to 2.9. Last year, he only played in 122 games. It was a 3.9. So, I, I mean, I guess he is productive when he's in the lineup. I just don't know. He seems like he's had some injury issues the last couple of years. Um, so, I still think that the potential is there, and he's still young enough that um, he puts Isn't it up, weird he puts, he's 29? Doesn't he seem yeah. like he should be older? Yeah. I feel, yeah, it yeah. does. But so with the thing with Mookie is I still think he's going to be productive. I mean, I, like Kev said, more than likely, he's probably not going to get second base eligibility after this year. But in our league and in fan tracks, he has it the way we have it. So uh, that's how we ranked him. But yeah, Mookie, he's still Mookie and he's still playing in the Dodgers lineup. Still probably the potential to hit you 30 homers and probably drive in, you know, I mean, not drive in, but uh, steal 10 to 20 bases. 
it's weird. Like those Red Sox lineups you were in were obviously nasty, and like this Dodgers lineups he's in now is nasty. But it's like he, I think everyone, including me, we still remember him when he was in the Red Sox when he was just he was like the best player in baseball. He was the number one fantasy player in oh, baseball. Yeah. And since he's been in the Dodgers, he's like looking at his numbers and like really looking at him. It's like he's kind of disappointed considering of what he used to be. And he's not even that old. He's only 29. So I, he might even be overranked, but he also could be the best player in baseball if he's just starts stealing bases again. And I think that's the biggest thing with this guy. That's what, that's what set him apart is that he could get you 30 homers, but he could also steal you 30 bases while still leading the league in runs. So I don't know. I don't know what we're going to get out of this guy. I think if he's healthy, maybe maybe those numbers go up. He had a year in Boston that was unbelievable. Um, 32 home runs with a 440 on base, and he batted 350 in an over one <laughs> OPS. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what the Dodgers paid for. They're not exactly getting that. <clears throat> but I don't see why he can't come close to that on a full like a full healthy year. He's still amazing. He's gonna have Trey yeah, Turner I mean, in front of him. He's not gonna he's not gonna steal thirty bases like he in that year, by the way, he stole thirty bases. He's not gonna steal thirty bases. He might steal twenty because Trey's not gonna hold him up. There's no way. Um, but he should hit thirty home runs and he should hit and have twenty stolen bases with with a close to four hundred on base. So I could easily see Mookie Betts flying back up into the top three players in all of fantasy next year. I uh, but you know, it's been three years since he's been a top five player. So I think the addition to the DH to the National League like helps Mookie's value a lot because I think give him these like rest days in the field, and I think that's a like, it's huge for a player like him. Yeah. Uh, second, 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 second. Here we go. Uh, twenty-five year old from the Braves. Let's let Fagola go on this boy, Ozzy Albies. Yeah. So I, I have Albies, and uh, last year he set. Career highs in every major counting stat mm-hmm. except runs. He scored 103 runs last year and is two off his career high, which is 105. But career high in homers, RBIs, stolen bases. Um, obviously, the big knock on him is the fact his his batting average is it's not great. It's two you know 259 last year, so he's not going to really kill you in batting average leagues. But he's also not going to uh, uh, really help you that much. But his OBP at 310 is just bad. Yeah. Um, he does have some swing and miss issues. He chases a lot of pitches, um, but the issue, but the thing there is, oddly enough, and I, I and I, I'd have to double check this, but I think he hit in the three or four slot a decent amount of times last year for Atlanta, so he was hitting in front of or behind Freeman, so he had plenty in, you know, obviously Acuna for half the year, so he had a lot of opportunities to drive runs in, and with Olsen there, I expect him to do the same. So, um, you know, you'd like to see his his average and uh, OBP kind of go back to what it was around 2019, close to the 300 and 350. But uh, from the second base position, if he, you know, if he's hitting 30 homers, driving in a hundred runs and, and stealing 20 bases, he's going to be at the top of the top of the second base rankings um, moving forward. As far as I'm concerned. If he goes back to the, the batting average, I mean, his batting average was a career low last year. And then mm. everything else was a career high, which is kind of strange. So if his his batting average flies back up into that 300 range almost, and then his, I mean, 310 on base stinks. So if he gets that back up to like 350, I mean, you're talking about a top 10, maybe top 15 player. Um, he can do 
all kinds of things, stealing bases, create havoc. He's going to score 100. I mean, he should score 115 runs if that's the case. Um, his RBIs will probably go down, I would say, because he's going to be in the two spot more this year. I think he was mostly, in, yeah, like you said, the most in the three spot last year um, with Freeman in the four and Austin Riley in the five. So um, I think he'll be more in the two spot this year. It'll be interesting to see, but I think he could be a top 15 to top 10 player. Um, I always, always nervous of him just because of that that low on base. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just our league. You know, if I'm looking at him like this, I, he's a great freaking player. I, I guess I just dive into I th- it. I think yeah. it's so impressive that he had a 310 on base and he was still able to score 103 <laughs> runs. And then uh, fa- uh, go back three years, he had a 305 on base and he was still able to score 105 runs. So it's like this dude takes advantage of the opportunities when he's actually on base because he doesn't get on too often. But and he and he just turned 25. He turned 25 yeah, in January. Gone. Yeah. Fun player to watch. Like, I mean, I've seen some Braves games like on Sunday night and he's just a fun player. Like he's smiling out there. He's having a good time. And that like I kind of want you want to root for those guys. Hey, yeah. I mean, for a guy who gets you a guy gets you 30 homers, get you 20 stolen bases and, and, and maybe lead the league in runs scored in 25. Yeah, he deserves a second here. It, it's weird, too, because like, you know, and his if you look at fan graphs, they have a his current hit grade at a 45 with a future of a 70, which is obviously elite. But then you look at his game power right now, it's 20 and the future is 30, which is weird for a guy who just hit 30 homers. It's very weird. And a guy that's shown that it's not like, it's not like, you know, he hit 24, 24, one, you know, in 18 and 19, obviously he had a down year in 2020, but a lot of guys had weird years because of the COVID bullshit. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. last year he hit 30. So it's like, it's odd to me if you have a guy who's hitting 25 to 30 and his game power is only a 30 moving forward. But yeah, that's a um, bad scout is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number one, baby. We made it. I don't know if this guy's going to hold on to this uh, eligibility. Also, I feel like there's a lot of guys in second base who have that multi. Uh, yeah. Mookie eligibility. lose it. This guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we all ranked him number one, and I think every list you see, this guy, when they even talk about redraft leagues for keepers, like it's between this guy and someone else I've seen a lot. So uh, 28-year-old on the Dodgers, Trey Turner. He's, I mean, he's arguably the best fantasy player um, for any league, really. I mean, he does everything. He gets on base. He steals bases. He hits home runs. He scores a ton of runs. He gets you some RBIs. Um, I, there's nothing you can say that you don't like. He's in an awesome lineup. He's going to get a ton of plate appearances. Um, he just has to stay healthy. I mean, that's been a thing in his career where he hasn't been exactly healthy the whole time. Um, but I, I mean, I could go down the list, but this guy's just awesome. If you can get him, get your hands on him. I'm, I'm okay with him even going number one overall. Yeah, I mean, he is homers jumped up this year, and that is completely what made this dude just shoot up the ranks because, like, he was always just a stolen base guy. And, and now that he hit 28 homers, it's he has put himself into the elite status, and sure it's rightfully so. Uh, but just like the last two years, like, he had a 375 on base and a 394 on base. Sign me up every freaking time for a guy on the top of the Dodgers order for that. This guy is going to score so many runs having that high of averages. I love it. Yeah, I'm curious if whether or not the power is sustainable um, for him. I mean, he's a he, he's not a small guy. I mean, he's six two. He only was. I mean, according to baseball savant, he's six two, 185 pounds. So I mean, 
he's obviously got a little room to fill out and add some strength, but that's my only concern with Turner um, is whether the power sustains. And, you know, and if he, you know, if he drops down to, um, you know, what did he have last year? How many homers did he have last year? 28. 28. I mean, if he's back down around 20 or the high teens with the stolen bases, I, I don't quite think he's the number over number one overall fantasy player, but um, you know, he, he's still going to be exceptionally valuable because he's going to steal freaking 30 bases. He's going to get on base at a high clip. And uh, which is odd because he is such an elite hitter. Cause you know, he hit 328 last year. He hit 335 the year before 300 the year before that. And his walk rates never been above 10. So he's getting on base because he's a good hitter. Getting hitter. hits. Yeah. So um, that, my only, my only concern with Turner is just, I'm, I'm not, I'm curious on whether or not the power will, um, continue to carry over, especially going to a, like a, not a, not a real hitter friendly park in LA. Mm-hmm. He was the fastest recorded player in the MLB last year, so the speed is a real. Oh, he's electric on the base pass. When you that that slide he had coming into home plate there, I think oh. he did it twice last year where he just pops yeah. up. Yeah. You can just watch that on repeat. Yep. So next week we got to do uh, third base, right? Third base. All right, cool. Hopefully, uh, yeah, Sunday. Hopefully, we'll have we'll be able to talk talk about uh, Freeman and Castellanos, Conforto, Correa story and where they're going. And uh, I mean, they got to figure it out fast, right? Because we're we're talking about spring games starting up this end of this week. So, um, if you want to like get these kids ready, these guys ready for for games, they got to be signing pretty quick. I'm I, we were really hoping for a Freddie Freeman announcement tonight. Doesn't look like it's gonna happen. I mean, what is it? Three weeks to tomorrow, I think, is opening day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Coming up. But wait, wait, wait. Do we have a trade? Yeah, we do. Uh, Yon Mankata for uh, Biggio, Musgrove, Lance Lynn, and Rogers. And I fucking hate when you take a pile of junk for something that is a good piece of your team. So it looks like uh, it says John squared sent this. I don't know what the fuck that means, but John squared. So <laughs> it looks like two Johns. Um, yeah. Mankata is the guy that I would want. Um, then the pile of junk that the, the guy got in return. I'm, I'm sure that all four of those guys are, are unless this is like a, a, a dynasty. dynasty league, yeah. And then, and, who knows? It might be. Um, Babigio, I have no interest. Musgrove, no interest. Lance Lins, I mean, he's, what, a grandfather now, and Brandon Rogers uh, sucks. So, uh, Mankata is the guy that I want. Um, the other four, uh, you could throw it in a throw it in a cigarette, smoke uh, it, and, and throw it out, because... So, I, A for Mankata, uh, uh, F for the other asshole. Oh, I could not fucking disagree with you more. <laughs> Yoan Mankata, I I don't know. I I could take it or leave it with him. He's he's, he's going into his prime. And he's on a good team. Um, I I I I like the potential of him over the other ones. One hundred percent. Yeah. So I look at you look back at him and you look at his his 2019 season. His when he was 24 years old, played 132 games, hit 25 homers, 83 runs, 79 RBIs, and stole 10 bases. Last year. <laughs> whole bunch of shit yeah you know, but i think that's when you give games. up 
when you give up four pieces of trash, you're expecting you're you're, you're gambling on a guy well, to bounce back. And, and and I if my mind serves me correctly, one of those pieces of trash, according to you, was actually dropped right after the trade was made. So that didn't make a whole lot of sense. But I don't know. I actually like would, I like how would you know? I don't know. I'm just I'm I, John Squared sent me an email and told me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, so. I actually like I I like Musgrove um, moving forward. Uh, from the sounds of it, the guy who traded Musgrove and Lynn absolutely hates pitching. Um, huh. But if I've ever seen a fucking irrelevant trade in my life, this is gonna be <laughs> right up the to the top of the list. When you're trading four guys for one during the off season, I just don't understand the strategy behind it. And getting Yoan Mankata back. I don't know. He doesn't move the needle for me. I well, don't care about this trade. I think everyone in the deal is trash. Fucking to be honest with you, Kev, um, a limited emails um, coming in. So I took just the one I got with John Squared. Oh, I'm not yelling um, at you, dude. I'm not yelling yeah, at no, you. Yeah, uh, no. Baseball at Gmail. If you have a trade you want graded, you want to know the side that you should have done, you should have been on, send it to baddadbaseball at gmail.com. That's bad. Oh, oh. Dad, baseball at gmail.com one word so so john squared when in the email said you know he got the four players was lynn musgrove biggio and uh, uh brendan rogers uh in my opinion the wrong positional player was dropped oh rogers is the best player in the draft from it in in the Kevin biggio sucks yeah yeah Kevin or Kevin? whatever it doesn't matter he time sucks. out is he on the list that's not a what? fucking name. Gavin? Gavin? Yeah, I don't even That's know. That's a fucking bad name, dude. <laughs> Whoa. Sure, you got to stop writing all these names down. Yeah, no, no, no. We Okay, we got four now. So, Chet Holmgren, um, shout out NCAA. Um, we got um, Mackenzie, Mackenzie Gore. Gore, girl name, and never met a normal Kenzie. Um, Vladdy. Vladimir, just a tough time to have the name first name Vladimir, and then uh, Kaven or Kavin or Kaven or uh, pretty much a I loser. Think I think it's Kavin. Uh, he was like a top prospect coming up, but um, yeah, I mean, if we can't fucking figure man. it out, um, and we're the three smartest men you've ever met, so if we can't figure it out, it belongs on the list. So we're up to four. Um, we're shooting for a top ten, and then we'll we'll probably hit on that for an episode yeah. coming up. Hey, hey, before we. Uh... Before we go, I got to give a bit of a shout out to uh, a listener all the way over in Fairbanks, Alaska. Shout out Jack Ring, 21st birthday tonight. Don't get too fucked up, buddy. Ooh, and I, get it, boy. And, and listen, and listen, I expect a couple of fucking tucks this weekend. So, what would uh, Stephen Steve Collette send him for a shot? Prairie Fire. Oh, yeah, Prairie he, Fire was too. He, he was the worst at that. So. Uh, shout out to Steve Collette. Uh, he he gives the worst shots possible oh, uh, on your twenty first. Speaking of Steve Collette, shout out him and his wife, uh, Kristen, for mm-hmm. having their uh, welcoming their second child, second son to the world. Uh, I got Jet last week, so congratulations to them. Any shout outs, Kev? No. Sandy, another no, shout no, out to no, Sandy. No. Staying on a good Christmas <laughs> list. I, I, I never even got a message from her after I said that, so I don't know if I'm going to give her a shout-out again. She probably stopped listening. I, yeah, she listened to the first episode and didn't listen to the next ones, apparently. So. 
a lot of support here in that family of mine. Alright boys, we'll listen, uh, try to be productive tomorrow at work. Love you, uh, BD, BD fam. Um, we'll see you again Monday morning. Peace. All right. Thanks, guys.